It's 4.20 a.m. Welcome to a special Wheel of the Year episode of The Stoned Witches Hour. I'm Layla, and in this episode, we're talking about the spring equinox, sometimes called Ostara. Dawn is two hours away, and this year, the equinox is on March 20th. It is that moment when the day and night are of equal length. The sun is aligned to sit exactly on the equator, and springtime comes to the Northern Hemisphere. It's witchcraft. <laughs> we want to welcome everybody today. It's 4.20 a.m. Welcome to the Stoned Witches Hour. We've got a special episode for you today. Um, we are going to talk about Ostara, a pagan slash Wiccan holiday, another, as I like to call, notch in the wheel of the year. We're moving to the next notch in that wheel. I'm Shell. I'm Layla. And let's talk Ostara. Yeah, let's talk uh, all things Ostara for this special wheel of the year episode of the Stoned Witches Hour. And Ostara in the Northern Hemisphere is the celebration of the spring equinox. In the Southern Hemisphere, it is a celebration of the fall equinox. You know, I remember when I first got into, into paganism and, and Wicca and all of that, I would get so damn confused. I was like, what do you mean it's different in Australia? It took me a minute to kind of, yeah, it took me a minute. Northern yeah, Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, you know, I just, I, I, it took me a minute. Yeah, it, that's one of those things that that I think being a pagan helps me to realize because it's not something you normally think. You don't normally think outside your own culture, you know, or your own area of the world a little bit. And and spring festivals are something that remind me that we're all kind of connected. You know, there's so many different cultures that celebrate the spring equinox or or the beginning of spring. You know, just to mention a couple, you want to hear a couple cool traditions I found about Shell. Absolutely. What'd you find? Well, as you know, eggs are a big thing in Ostara as well as in Easter, which is a Christian tradition that happens around the same time of year. Eggs are huge in a lot of spring traditions. And obviously they're a big sign of spring. You know, do you remember in New York looking for like the little robin's eggs, the blue robin's eggs? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of that, it's that sign that the death part of the year, winter, I like to call winter the death part of the year. The death part of the year is over and Things are coming to life. Things are blooming. Things are blossoming. And that egg is like the symbol of the birth of everything green and and new and fresh and warm. Yeah. And so many cultures recognize that for that exact same reason, just as you said, Shell, that there's the egg is a beautiful, easy representation of new life, of rebirth, of things, of the earth reawakening and, and new things being born. So like in Bosnia, they have this festival in a particular town, uh, the town of Zeneca in Bosnia, where at dawn, which is another commonality, a lot of us like to gather at dawn on, on the first day of spring. Again, new beginnings. I'm a lazy motherfucker. I, for me to be up at dawn, Come on. Like I understand tradition, but I'm one of those witches that I will pretend it's dawn at like two in the afternoon. And that's perfectly valid. And I would definitely say that, that, um, Ostara was one of the few times I was willing to get up at dawn because it is such a neat feeling, but if dawn's not your thing, 
like Shell said, pretend it's dawn at any time of day that you want. But these dawn people, somewhere. It's dawn somewhere. <laughs> that's right. These people in this Bosnian town of Seneca will get up at dawn and gather on the banks of the river and everyone will get together and they'll have this big communal scrambled egg meal. Everyone will make these eggs and make enough to feed like everyone in town. And it just sounds like such a nice way to celebrate the first day of spring. And it's, I'm, not sure what it's called, but uh, it translates to the festival of scrambled eggs. And they celebrate that as the first day of spring. And I think that's so cool. That is cool. That is cool. But again, too early in the morning. That is very, another one that you might like. Um, the Egyptians also used eggs and they celebrate something called Sham El Nesim, which is a spring festival. And they celebrate that the Monday after Easter. And to be honest, I love how they figure out the date of Easter. Do you know how they figure out what day Easter is every year? I have no idea. It's hilarious. I love, well, it's not hilarious. It's really cool, actually. So Easter is the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. So, yeah, that's... that's so you find the spring equinox and then you find the next full moon and then you find the first Sunday after that. And that's when Easter is. Yeah, but that, that that doesn't follow. No, 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 no. That's not right because sometimes Easter is in March. That's right. Because but the spring equinox is at the end of March. But it's it's always after the 20th. So say the equinox is on the 20th or the 21st. Like this year, the equinox is on the 20th. Okay. Say the, the full moon was on the 21st. Okay. And Sunday was the very next day. So Easter could conceivably be like a day or two after the equinox, or it could be as much as a month later. Maybe the full moon was the day before the equinox. I see what you're saying. I gotcha. Okay. So it depends on when the full moon was after the equinox, which I think is kind of a cool way to figure out a holiday. I I don't know. I guess it's the pagan in me. I love that, that that's kind of a pagan way of telling time. I don't know. I kind of like that Wiccan wheel of the year, man. It's always on March 21st, 22nd. Like I ain't guessing what month it is and all that (laughs) bullshit. It is March 21st or 22nd, period. But the Egyptians, so the the Monday after Easter, they have a spring festival and that the name of that festival translates to smelling the breeze and it acknowledges the coming harvest and the change in the air. Um, They decorate eggs and write wishes on them. And the eggs symbolize rebirth and people hang baskets outside their house, hoping for their wishes. You know, it's just kind of cool how eggs and rebirth, you know, are kind of all over the place. Well, and that kind of goes along with the tradition of of the hare uh, with Ostara, the rabbit, the Easter bunny. Yeah, the the beautiful. Yeah, you start to see rabbits in the spring, yet another example of, of new life. Due to that, it became that the hare is kind of a totem symbol for lunar goddesses, as well as the hair as a symbol for the moon. And that's kind of why it's it's one of the goddesses it's most closely associated with is Eostar, goddess of Ostara. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it ties in that rabbit, that Easter bunny, our little happy friends. Everybody says they can see a face in the moon and I've never really been able to see it. But I do see the rabbit in the moon that some say that you can see on the face of the moon. And so really, yeah, that's another reason why the rabbit is associated with the moon. Now here's an interesting one. I don't know if you remember back in elementary school, whether you were in elementary chorus or elementary band, hot cross buns. Remember hot cross buns. I do remember the song hot cross buns. 
hot cross buns, you got to kind of think of that as like the Celtic, Celtic cross, um, the four equal armed cross in, with, in the balance within the circle. What is a hot cross bun, Shell? It's a bun with a hot cross put in it. I don't freaking know. So it's literally, it can be like a sweet bread bun that has a, an equal armed cross on the top. Like you said, a Celtic cross. But it, it, it kind of has that symbolism um, of the of the the equinoxes. You know, you have the two equinoxes crossed by the two solstices. And then you got the four seasons, you know, the north, south, east, west quadrant. I love that. That's great symbolism. And then the circumference of your bun. I like that. The circumference of your bun. That represents the cycle of the year, the cycle um, of, of life, the circle of life. And there's that still point in the balance of the center. So, you know... You like hot cross buns actually have this like magical symbolism other than a sweet, tasty treat. And as a stoner who loves her munchies and loves bread, carbs of all kind are my favorite. Hot cross buns on Ostara are fabulous and easy to make. They are. They are. And I just don't know how you get the cross in it. That's all. You just cut it while, before you bake it. Oh, okay. Okay. Another thing that I, I thought was a, a nice association, I'm all about dragons. I love dragons. I have a big dragon tattoo. You have a dragon tattoo as well, right? I do, yes. Okay, yeah, that's right. So we both got these dragon tattoos. We love dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, in some mythologies, the goddess Eostar, as well as Ostara in general, is associated with the serpent or dragon energy. It's the point of the year that the serpent or the kundalini energy is positively exploding, leading up to Beltane. Ooh, I like that. It's the same energy that you see in springtime, the new beginnings, that fierce, fiery change, that breath of fresh air. You know, with the dragon is renewal and hope and optimism, just like spring. Spring is hope and renewal and optimism amazing rebirth energy. And and just the two of those go together really, really well. You know, it's that coming out of the dark time. Spring is, is just like a dragon coming up from underground with a beautiful fiery breath. Spring is, is coming up from the dark and coming out from that dark. And it's the breath of fresh air that those first hints of spring that, that just lets you know that anything is possible. This is kind of that notch in the year where, where you kind of feel that, that dragon energy, that serpent energy, that, that kundalini, let's get it on. Yes, that those new beginnings, you kind of feel those stirrings of life and, and the get Twitter painted, like they said in Bambi, right? And some festivals in other parts of the world, like Holly in Northern India, I love this festival so much. It's so beautiful. Um, have you heard of this? No. It's Holly is celebrated by Hindus across India. I know they have a, a Holly celebration here in Riverside, California, and it involves color. It's the festival of colors and they throw colored powder or they'll get like squirt guns full of, of um, liquid colors. And everyone runs around and kind of throws these powders and squirts each other with the color and lasts all day and night. And it's just outdoor festival with bonfires and people sing and dance and they have lovely foods. And at the end of the day, everyone is just covered head to toe in bright spring colors and they full bellies of good food. And they've been dancing with friends and having a great time and, and just really calling in that spring energy and that you know, that glorious, happy celebration of spring. And I just, 
like you were saying, it's like that rising of energy. Everything's been asleep and slow. And, and now we want to celebrate the colors, the flowers and the bursting of life and that, that Kundalini energy that's moving up through us, the sap that's rising. Right. Right. And, and, you know, this is like this, I look at this as the time of year where things start to explode. The earth explodes with grass and flowers. The trees explode with buds and leaves the weed explodes with buds. (laughs) Yeah. It's an excellent time to, you know, hopefully you've started some seeds. If not, you can start them now. Yeah. The birds are chirping, you know, um, rabbits are being born. Lambs are being born. Calves are being born. The world is exploding with new growth now. And, and, you know, we're, we're jumping, we're springing forward in our time. It's lighter, longer. You know, I, I think one thing that, that people sometimes forget is that, the spring equinox, it is so named because we're, we're back to that equal parts. We're back to that equinox where everything's equal. <laughs> that equal, equal day and equal night when the, equal when day, you have the yeah. exact, yeah, everything's divided perfectly on that day. There's a balance there and it's a good time to, to help find your own balance. And, you know, sometimes in some parts of the world, I know it's your part of the world, it's rainy and cold. In New York, it's snowing right now. Here in California, it's a little different. The desert is blooming. You know, that's the balance that we have here. It's usually dry and and everything is, is usually dead and brown. But this time of year, we have more rain. And, and so the balance here is, is everything is lush and green and the flowers come out. And some years we've had super blooms where the flowers are just literally covering everywhere. Yeah. And, and, and that's part of the balance depending on where you live. And you can see that this time of year, it's very obvious and you can feel that in yourself. And sometimes this is a good time of year to, you know, maybe find a spot outside or where you can see the outside of you, especially if you need that hit of sunshine, that, that hit of a fresh new flower, you know, maybe bring some of them into your house. And, you know, you know, there's, there's a lot of traditions that are kind of woven into this that, that people don't even realize they do spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. There's one of them. It's almost like this drive within the depths of your soul that like, oh my God, it's above 47 degrees. I need to open all the windows and dust. You know, people, people tend to, to clean things out, um, get rid of things, um, open windows more. They want to bring in that more. breath of fresh air, that that spring breeze that's going to kind of cleanse the old and and Get freshen rid of that everything. Dank winter. Get rid of that dank winter vibe, that dank winter feeling, and and let in what's fresh and what's new. And 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 if you are not a ritual person, and you are not even if you're not even pagan and and or, or, or Wiccan. The best way you can celebrate, open a damn window. Yes, it's beautiful. And we talked about in bulk being like the beginning of the spring rituals where that's just the hints of it. Now, you know, you're full on spring in a lot of areas. There's flowers coming up. Even if the snow is there, it's melting. It's the mud luscious time of year. New York, that East Coast is kind of muddy. Now's the time to start something fresh. Open a window, like you said, and get that that breath of fresh air, feel that balance within you. Maybe, maybe meditate, pack your favorite 
pack your favorite weed in your favorite bowl, you know, have a seat someplace where a little sunshine falls on you and think about what new things you want to bring into your life. Like, what do you want to manifest this, this rebirth, this birthing energy doesn't just mean babies. It means new ideas, new thoughts, new art, new jobs, moving, whatever you need an impetus for, whatever you need that fresh spring air, maybe to kind of push you or help cleanse you to what you need, you know, and, and kind of ride that energy. I think that's where the spring cleaning piece comes in because it's almost like subconsciously as a people, we feel that need to make room for all of the new amazing things coming in in the coming year. Obviously, New Year's is in January, but you're still in that hoarder hermit funk where, you know, you don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to get out of your blankets. Now you're throwing your blankets aside and, and, and you want that rejuvenating, you want to make room for new things and, you know, spring, summer, you know, warmth, activity. Let's be face it. We're all more active in the summer than we are in the, in the winter. Part of that out with the old gives room for in with the new. Right. And we talked about that in Imbolc. And so now hopefully in Ostara, you have gotten rid, you've shed some of that winter and you've made that space. And now you're opening windows to let that sunlight and to let that fresh air in. Redo your altar. Now's a great time to put fresh flowers on your altar. Go outside. Smudge your house. Yeah. Feel, you know, with some fresh scents, go out for a little bit of a hike, you know, find nature where you can and see what's new, see what's blooming, listen for the new birds. I love to watch the Friends of Big Bear Valley on YouTube have an Eagle Watch camera. And I watch it all year long, but particularly (laughs) in the early, like January, February and the spring, like right now they have a baby chick that just hatched. There's a little baby eaglet and you can watch that baby eaglet all day long. And that is a beautiful example of rebirth and spring that you can visually see outside. Right, right. In New York, I love the lilacs. I'm looking for the lilacs. I'm looking for those flowers and those fresh scents. So redo your altar, bring in fresh flowers, you know, decorate it with some bright pinks and light blues and purples and, you know, freshness to, to kind of bring the energy of, of fresh starts and new beginnings and, and birthing something that you've been hoping for, bringing that into this world. You know what a sign of spring is in Massachusetts? And I find it so disheartening I could die. What's that? Seagulls. <laughs> seagulls. You don't like seagulls. Oh my God. Can I just say, so, you know, there's there's a lot of places in, in, in and around Salem where you can go to the waterfront and some of these places have places you can get food. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody loves fried dough. Do not oh, hate yeah. on fried dough. Love fried dough. Love fried dough. Love fried dough. You know, me, me and my sweet love significant other and his son were at one of these food places along the shoreline one day. So his son is like, you know, probably 17 at the time, holding a paper plate with like, I don't know, it had some fried dough on it, some French fries, whatever. And we're walking. These seagulls, they got no shame in their game, man. <laughs> they like will come and take the food off the plate in front of your face. They don't give wow. a fuck. 
no fucks given. They have no fear of humans in, when there's food involved. They will attack you for food. They will come at you for food. And it's not like these son of a bitches don't eat. They are not starving. They are like big fat turkey sized seagulls. When it says don't feed the birds, people, there's a freaking reason you turn turn them into flying scavenger pirates. Don't do that. But they they will, if you have food on your person, you are not safe. They became evil flying pirate scavengers. They're terrible. I hear these seagulls squawking and I like start getting like twitches. Yeah. Birds like Alfred Hitchcock shit, man. Yeah. You're not talking about, you know, the nice seagulls that are no. wheeling in the distance no. over the ocean. No. no, I'm talking about the ones who want my freaking food. You're talking about dive bombing evil motherfuckers. <laughs> exactly. Um, we went to a, we went to this place in Seabrook, New Hampshire and got some seafood at like one of these like curbside seafood places. Love those places, Yum. by the way. Oh yeah. I love the taco joints out here. So my boyfriend says, well, we let's, let's go eat in the car. And I'm like, well, there's picnic tables here. Why are we going to go eat in the car? And I'm like, all right, whatever. We go eat listen in the to car. the native. <laughs> oh my God. We go eat in the car. And then I watch these three older, older ladies sit down at a picnic table right in front of like where our cars parked. Oh, and dinner and a movie. These bitches are getting dive bombed to the point where they're like hovering over their plates and trying. And I'm thinking, get in your car. Just go to your vehicle. Run, run, get off of the picnic table. And, and, and then I'm like, oh, I see why we're in the car now. <laughs> <laughs> but you had front row seats to a horror show. Finally, these ladies like get a grip and like duck and dodge into a vehicle. So then, you know, my boyfriend being the asshole that he can be starts like plucking. He'd open the window a tiny bit and pluck out a French fry. And those seagulls were dive bombing the car for the French fry. And I'd be like, get the window up. It's going to get in. And I'm freaking out. So, yeah. You know, it's spring. The seagulls are back. Watch your food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch everything. Oh, my goodness. You know, another thing that um, is fun this time of year is the food. You know, like you were saying, the hot cross buns. Fried dough is a good one for this time of food year. Trucks. We are getting into food truck season. Food truck friend. season. How magical is that? Right. Right. You know, coloring eggs. That's something that is has been kind of co-opted by Easter. As we were talking about, it's part of a tradition in a lot of different cultures. And there's a bunch of fun ways to color eggs. You can use red onions, red cabbage. You can use turmeric to make them yellow or orange, depending on how long you leave them in. Coffee can give you like a light brown or a tan. Blueberries can give you blue. You know, if you want to go the maker route and try that, it's kind of fun to use what you have in your kitchen and dye your eggs. It's just nice. Or if you're like me, you can go to your local grocery store and buy some of that. What is it? Paz Easter egg coloring. Yeah. <laughs> color it with paints, color with markers, do it with stickers, however you want to. But decorating eggs is a fabulous way to celebrate the season. It's an easy way to get the kids into it. You know what we would do? I, I would give my kids when they were younger, um, obviously they're adults now and they won't play my reindeer games, but when they were kids, I would give them white crayons and we would all draw little symbols and little pictures on our eggs um, with the white crayon and then dip it in the dye so that once it was dyed, whatever little symbol or picture that we drew on was like a white outline 
that didn't get dyed basically like the wax kept the coloring from that area and and your little picture showed up and that's a great way to do a spell too yeah and i mean obviously my kids weren't sitting there doing all kinds of crazy spells they were drawing little faces and sunshines but like i was doing like little you know little sigils and stuff with my little crayon on my eggs and it was not only a really fun thing to do with the kids but kind of put my little witchy twist on coloring eggs with the kids Exactly. Same thing here. We always celebrated Ostara when my kids were little until they went to preschool. When my youngest went to preschool in kindergarten, that's when she learned about Easter and candy and did, wanted to know why the Easter bunny didn't come to our house and why we didn't talk about Easter. And she learned that from her teachers. Yeah. That was surprising to me. So after that, we would celebrate a combination Ostara Easter. For Ostara, we would decorate eggs like you did, sometimes with magical intent, sometimes just with fun spring intent. And we would also, they would get baskets from the Ostara fairy on the equinox, usually with like seeds and flowers and maybe a little crafty thing in them. And one of the things I love to do with my kids is to make flower crowns. And you can make flower crowns and have weave a spell into that as well. You know, you can weave a, a flower crown for love, put a little bit of rose in there. You know, you can weave it for, you know, some type of protection. If you want to put some type of sage or not fur, what am I thinking of? Um, like a fir tree, pine. Um, yeah. pine, you can put lavender in there. You know, you weave in some magical herbs or some magical flowers into a flower crown. And you can put those, you let them dry and put them around your house or wear them on your head for, you know, your spring ritual. But that's an easy way to weave a little bit of magic that you can put around your house. You can put different crystals. Um, What are some, do you have any crystals that you like for Ostara, Shell? You know, I kind of stick with, I like color. I I, I kind of am a color follower. I know that sounds weird, but. No, it sounds, it sounds perfect. You know, deeper, darker colors uh, in the winter, um, lighter colors. So. So I have, I have a lot of stones I keep handy. This is something that I would use as, say, in a, in a, in a springy type ritual. I, this might be hard for you to see on video, but it is, it is a, a purple and white amethyst. Uh, it does have kind of a big white band through the, the purple That's amethyst pretty. piece. That's very pretty. This is something, in, in this particular stone happens to be kind of egg-shaped as well. Yeah, it looks like a decorated egg with the the purple of the amethyst and then the white of the other stone. It it's almost right. looks like a perfect ge- geometric design. It's very pretty. So with, with sometimes how I look at things is, you know, people might, might go, well, according to my stone and crystal book, amethyst is for blah, blah, blah. I don't care. For me, it is light purple and white and it's shaped like an egg. So I'm using it for an Astara ritual because that's in my head, it works for me. It works for me. That's what kitchen witchery is. It's we're not trying to follow or copy anyone's particular doctrine. And we're also not trying to make fun or co-opt anything, but you know, it, when we're decorating for spring, we, we go for things that draw us to spring. Maybe we're drawn to a citrine because it looks like yellow sunshine. This green adventuring, it's, it happens to be a pale adventuring. So it's kind of like that, that color of new grass, a fresh bud of weed. It's that light green that makes me think of spring. So because of the color, I'm going to incorporate that because it visually makes me think of 
that Ostara vibe, that spring vibe. And that's perfect. I mean, that's part of, you know, if you're, especially if you want to have new beginnings with money, if you want to draw money into your life, be like, this is the year I'm going to have fresh starts as far as money goes. You know, Aventurine is perfect for that. You know, it's a prosperity stone and that light green makes you think of spring and money. So what a perfect stone for that. You know, rose quartz, you can't ever go wrong with a rose quartz. And again, that light pale pink makes me think spring, think Ostara. And, you know, you can never go wrong with using a rose quartz in a ritual. Oh, absolutely. Because who doesn't need a little bit of self-love or, or, or positive energy like that coming to them? And the same thing with citrine is it looks like sunshine. It looks like happiness. And it, it does. The, the energies that it brings are joy and new energy. So perfect for spring. So just because you're picking it based on the color doesn't necessarily mean that the kitchen witchery in you, or like we've learned talking to Tom from story time with Tom and Mike, the chaos magic, your intent imbues that thing. If you look at that green stone or better yet, you look at that egg shaped amethyst. I mean, that is a beautiful stone. It really does look like an Ostara egg. It looks like a spring egg. How can you not be put into that mindset. And that's what magic is, is getting your mind in the right frame. You know, athletes and people know you, when you get into a state of flow, that's when you have kind of done everything, all of your practice, all your work leading up to that moment. And you can literally feel everything moving exactly the way it's supposed to. And some people call that state flow and you can get to there in a magical state as well. And having these tools around you, these colors, these things that symbolize spring to you, flowers and the stones and the the fabrics and the open window. And and you you start to meditate and this can all help you get into a state of flow where where you are in a very Zen, very graceful place. And you can feel those new beginnings. You can really find that energy within yourself to kind of push out into the world and to manifest those things that you're looking for in the spring. And I think, you know, if, if, if there's anybody out there that's, that's into chakras and, and things of that nature, this is a good time as well to kind of to, to, to cleanse your chakras and, and try to rebalance your chakras and, you know, get your spiritual shit in alignment. Align your shit, people. You know, if you do yoga at all, you might be familiar with chakras. Chakra itself means wheels in Sanskrit. And what we're talking about is seven energy points, specific points on your body where this energy pools and it swirls and it moves and it moves with specific colors and vibrations. And they each have a specific intention. Um, They influence emotional, spiritual well-being. Take the the hour it'll take you to kind of become one with yourself again and kind of work on clearing out some of the shit from those chakras and, and rebalancing them and, and getting yourself into a more even space to go into the next phase of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Finding a meditation that works for you, even if it's just repeating a mantra over and over again, while you sweep the dust out of your house, whether you go simple or high magic, you know, doing something like that and visualizing, and I'm stoned and forgot where I'm going, but visualizing that and, <laughs> and feeling that energy, you know, is, is really what you're looking for here. So for this spring meditation, what I want you to do is all you need, maybe a candle, if you got it, some incense, if you like it, but it's not necessary. If you have cannabis and you want to incorporate that, I think this is a great meditation type ritual to use it, but again, not necessary. 
So grab your pot, sit down in a nice place, a nice comfortable spot where you won't be disturbed for about eight minutes. And we're going to use the number eight here. You're going to do this eight days in a row for about eight minutes at a time. And the reason is because the number eight in numerology is the number for success. And so that's going to help set our intentions for success. And what we're going to do in this ritual is really help you over the course of eight nights, do a little bit of meditation for yourself and give yourself an intention, something that you can help grow with this spring energy. You're going to set an intention, which is basically just a statement. And and you're going to want to make it something specific and be careful because words have power. Terrence McKenna, great author, hippie, philosopher, shaman said, the real secret of magic is that the world is made of words. And if you know the words that the world is made of, you can make of it whatever you wish. And I think about that quote a lot, especially when I'm writing a spell or I'm doing ritual, because those words are speaking to your subconscious. They're really speaking to you. And so make sure that you're telling yourself something that you need to hear that is going to be good for you to hear. So you want to use positive words. Make your intention like it's yours already. Describe how you feel rather than exactly what you'll get. So just like advertisers use just the right descriptive words to get the customers to come in. If you're making an Instagram post or you know TikTok or whatever, you use the right hashtags and the people will come. Words have power. So use positive words and say, I have, I am, rather than I want, I need, you know, say it like you have it. So for an example, what that would be, instead of saying, I hope I get a job, your statement would be, I have the career that satisfies my material, educational, and life satisfaction needs. Or instead of saying, I want a relationship, you would say, I am in a strong, committed relationship with a romantic partner where we satisfy each other in heart, mind, and body. Make it an I am, something that's right now statement, and and kind of try and be specific if you can. Once you have that intention and your spot, go to your spot for your eight minutes a day. Take your joint, your bowl, your vape, your bong, whatever you've got, and sit in your nice, comfy space. And then take a nice, deep breath. And as you inhale and exhale again, pay attention to that breath as it moves into your lungs, as it, as it comes into your body. Breath is life. Breathing is life. And that, again, we talk about the breath of fresh air in spring, that first hints of spring breeze. So feel that life, feel those new hints of beginnings move in your body. And as you're breathing in, you know, take a toke if you'd like to. Hold that for a moment and let it go and visualize yourself sitting in a circle of light or maybe a circle of pot smoke. Maybe you're inside one of those soap bubbles, you know, the kind that kids blow on a lazy summer day, the ones that swirl with all the colors of a rainbow as they're floating gently on the breeze. One of those bubbles, one that's so strong that it will not break until you tell it to. So you're sitting inside this safe space. And take a couple of hits on your bowl. Each time you breathe in or, or take that intentional toke, reaffirm your intention. Think it or say it out loud, whatever you feel most comfortable doing. And elaborate on it. Daydream about it. Allow yourself to just kind of go with it. Let the feelings roll over you. Pretend like it's really happening. How will you feel 
when you get that job or when that relationship, when that person holds your hand, how will that make you feel inside? You know, what does their neck smell like? What does the office smell like? You know, what music is playing when you first walk into that room? Think about it. Imagine it. Just let those emotions, every sense that you can use and reaffirm that whole daydream. Just give yourself eight minutes to let your mind wander. Take nice deep breaths on occasion or take nice tokes on occasion. Every time you inhale, whether it's inhaling that really good cannabis or taking a nice breath into your lungs, inhale the good, inhale all those positive, wonderful feelings, all those things that when your intention happens, you'll feel. And then exhale and just let go of any stress or any tension. Just kind of feel yourself sink a little deeper into relaxation each time you exhale. After your eight minutes is over, give yourself a little shake, give yourself a nice big stretch, say thank you to yourself, to the universe, to the space, to the cannabis, all of it, to spring, and then mentally wipe away that light or the smoke, the bubble, whatever imagery you used as your safe space. Let that go. Thank it. Return it to the earth and you know, hydrate. Make sure you drink, have a little something to eat, walk around, pet your cat, give someone you care for a nice big hug. But you know, and then try that every night for eight nights. And that's a really great spring manifestation. It's a really nice spell to do. It doesn't have to be springtime, but that's a great time to do it because again, it's a time of new beginnings. You know, I just want to point out to all of our listeners that uh, when uh, we would be coming up with rituals for our coven, this is exactly how we would come up with them. We would just (laughs) sit here really high and be like, all right, let's flop some ideas out and make something of it. And somehow, some way, it would be the greatest fucking ritual ever. Every time. Every time. Making an outline, basically, and then going from it. And that's a good way to do magic. You know, put your, you know, do your research, put your things down, you know, take your notes, but then trust your intuition and, and go with the framework that you've got and, and just allow yourself to be open and receptive to to going outside of that framework, you know, based on how you feel and how you're called in that moment. Absolutely. What, what wise words, such wise words. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we do want to thank everybody for listening today about our thoughts on Ostara, things that we, we are interested in as far as Ostara. And we, we definitely like doing these special episodes on the, on the wheel of the year. Stay tuned. We'll have a Beltane episode coming out soon. And I'm super psyched. Um, we might have to have a longer episode for Beltane because I am sure we got some shit that we want to delve into. Everybody needs to stay witchy. Usually we tell you to stay spooky, but this episode, keep it witchy. <laughs> stay witchy, stay high. Aren't we just fabulous? Thanks for tuning in to the Stoned Witches Hour. We appreciate you listening. Make sure to check out our social media, our Twitter at Stoned Witches, our Instagram at Stoned Witches Hour, and our Gmail, the Stoned Witches Hour at gmail.com. Send us an instant message, a DM, send us an email, let us know what you think. We'll see you next time on the Stoned Witches Hour.